Hello, good morning, and welcome to your Friday, ladies and gentlemen. This is a Black Ink podcast, and I'm your host, Jake Kerr, for this 67th, 68th episode of the podcast, which, of course, means we are one beautiful episode away from episode number 69. And what am I going to do that's special for that episode? I don't quite know yet, but that's tomorrow's problem, and I'm going to deal with that tomorrow. I'm actually recording this at about... 3.30 on Thursday afternoon, which if you know, isn't my usual time of recording a podcast. I like to record it first thing in the morning so I get all those sharp, snappy ideas and funny jokes that I come up with. But unfortunately, this morning I've been busy all day. I I had my first little arrangement or meeting, if you will, at about 9 o'clock and then another one at about 11 o'clock and then that blew out until about 1 o'clock and then I came home and I got all the jobs done that I normally have to do. And I fucking, I thought, you know what, fuck it, let's record a podcast. So here I am, but if I'm failing a bit at finding the words that I'm trying to use, or perhaps I'm uh, drifting off in no apparent direction, or maybe I don't even make the 45-minute distance, please forgive me, but I'm giving you my fucking best work here, all right? So let me just start by saying, I'm obviously like, I, I, I tend to like give you a little bit of progress updates of what's going on with Black Ink, and I try to uh, be contextual with what's also for sale and all the rest, but every now and then I like to kind of check in, you know, I like to kind of say, here's where I'm at with my business, and here's some milestones that I've achieved, and here's some like steps along the way that I'm going through, and I tend to really like kind of focus on those steps and what they mean and the and the process behind them and all the rest, but every now and then it's cool just to kind of step back and, and glance what's going on. And as you may know, I keep a little bit of a board that tells me like how much viewership I'm getting on YouTube. It tells me how many followers I've got on Instagram. It also tells me how many orders and sales that I've had. So I kind of have these like real basic metrics that I can use to judge how how much I'm selling, how much I'm growing, how much awareness there is in my brand. And I use all of these metrics to kind of push myself and get myself further along and plan for the future. And also it, it makes it applicable setting goals when you've got some sort of like history as to what you've been achieving so far. I think a lot of times when it comes to goal setting, especially if you're, you know, if someone just comes along and says like, I want you to make a goal for a week's time, six months time and a year's time. And then you're like, well, I've never set goals before. I don't like, you know, it's like, we'll just, you know, set something that you want to achieve in a year's time. And you're like, all right, I want to own a Corvette, you know? And it's like, you know, in your mind, you're like the likelihood of me being able to achieve a Corvette is like 1%, but I'm still going to have it as a goal because this person's asking me. Um, I've been setting goals my whole life, whether it's been for skating or whether it's been for, even just like, I think what happened was, was I originally got into setting goals because of skating, because of like athleticism. So basically you go like, oh, I'm doing, say I'm doing a 500 meter sprint in 50 seconds. I want to be able to do a 500 meter sprint in 48 seconds this time next year. And in, in the next year, I want to be able to cut off those two seconds. So you kind of get a grasp for being able to confidently set goals that are achievable. And you know they're achievable through your track record and through like how much you improved on your last, like the last, say the year before you set a goal to achieve and you achieved it, you go, well, right, well, I know that's possible, right? So when you have that sort of like data and that sort of experience to, to deal with, then you know how to set goals for the future. So then when I kind of grew up, it then turned goals into like, you know, maybe I want a particular job or maybe I want to be able to drink a certain amount of alcohol before I pass out or maybe I want to, you know, fill in the blank sort of thing. And now now that I've got, uh, you know, black ink is what it is. I always struggle to say whether, you know, whether black ink has just started or whether I'm continuing on from what it used to be. In my mind, what I used to do with black ink with a coffee van and the clothes and all that was, as I, as I say, my, my words for this, I was flicking marbles in the sand. Like now that I've got this, I feel like this is a real tangible business with real metrics and real data that I can use to not just, I think it's not only like plan for the future, but also like when I'm talking to other business owners and when I'm talking to other people who, you know, just people, they're not business owners. It's super like encouraging and gives me confidence to be able to say, yeah, my business does this. 
This is what I'm looking at in the future. This is what I've done in the past, you know? And one of the things that I'm finding now is I actually have enough real data collected that I'm actually able to like have like measurable, realistic goals in the future. And just before I get too into that, I think one thing to note as well, and I've said this on the podcast before, the thing with my goals is I find that the, the, the truth that I find within myself is actually that I set my goals at a really attainable level, even if I feel like it's pretty, you know, pie in the sky. If I think that goal is, you know, I, I want to I own a Corvette. And in my mind, my conscious mind, I say like, oh, the chances of owning a Corvette aren't that high. But then like my subconscious goes like, nah, I'm pretty sure we're going to own a Corvette in a year, you know. By the way, that's just a faux goal. I made that up. And what I take away from that is, as I've set goals with my business before, I've set the goal to sell, you know, 20 t-shirts in a month. And then I get to the end of that month and I realize like, oh, I sold 45 t-shirts, you know? But when I set the goal, when I was like, okay, I want to sell 20 t-shirts, I got like the single bead of sweat running down my face going like, fuck, you know, if I say I want to sell 20 t-shirts, I got to fucking figure out a way to sell 20 t-shirts, you know? And sometimes I, you know, and like that, that bead of sweat, that comes from the idea that I have to solve the problem of how do I get 20 people out there or how do I how do I get these 20 shirts into the possession of other people in trade for their money, you know? But then when the reality kicks in, when I actually get into the, I go, right, I'm going to sell 20 shirts, I start developing a strategy or I start working on my marketing, I start building a better product, whatever it might be. Then I get to the end of the month and realize like, oh, I, I actually kicked further than the goalpost. And Sometimes like, well, not even sometimes, I feel like now when I set goals, I always set three crazy goals. You know what I mean? When it, if I'm setting goals for the next week or if I'm setting goals for the next month or the next year, whatever it might be, I always try and make three almost unattainable because it's that simple theory that if I aim for the moon, then even if I only get halfway, I'm still in the stars. So when I set these goals, I get this like this sense of like, fuck making a goal that you think you can achieve. Get a goal that you desire. You know, like, oh, okay, I think I can sell 20 shirts. I would love to sell 100, okay? Because if you then set it for 100 and you start working the maths out at 100 and you figure out your strategy and your marketing and honing in on whatever you're doing to get 100 shirts sold and then you only sell 70, we're still fucking like 50 above where we were when we set this goal of like, I think I can do that, so I'll set that. You get more tied up in the idea of having the win than you are in actually getting the result because that's what goal setting is all about. It's about if I don't set any goals and I just meander through life, then I'm going to get the same results that I've always achieved, whether it's business, whether it's personal, whether it's how many beers I can drink, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to keep doing the same thing that I know. The idea of the goal is is to set this kind of, this, uh, what do you call it, destination into my future that is in one way unpredictable and in one way kind of like sometimes you can't even imagine what that might look or feel like but the idea is is that it is different from what we're doing now and that's why we're trying to move towards it because it has some sort of positive progressive outcome so i think something i'm talking with my hands so much today i'm sorry if you're watching the audio version of this i'm really saving you because i'm fucking i'm needing dough over here brother anyway so one thing that i find with like my my goal setting now on top of like having these pie in the sky goals, I, I got to a certain point where there was so many things happening in in the business. And how do I like, so one, one thing I like to like really focus on with Black Ink is I feel like I have to build width before I can build depth, okay? And the thing about Black Ink is like, as you may know, like I'm a t-shirt business. Essentially, I'm a t-shirt business. At, at the core of Black Ink, I make my money through 
producing t-shirts and selling them to people. Now, while my aspirations for the future are far vaster than just selling t-shirts, and even for the next six months, we're gonna see a lot more than just selling t-shirts, because I really don't wanna be held in that little fucking bottle of just young dudes who have a t-shirt business that end up failing in six months sort of thing, even though I made it past the six month mark. I'm almost up to the fucking 12 month mark. That makes me not one of the 80% of businesses that fail in the first year, huh? Suck on that, Mr. Santa Maria. Anyway. So what the fuck was I talking about? Mr. Santa Maria, by the way, if you listen to that podcast, like fucking 50 podcasts ago, he was the year five teacher who told me, who, who said like, oh, you're going to bring on the waterworks now, dude. Every time I have a little win, I'm always like, hey, you thought I was only as good as crying when I was upset, Mr. Santa Maria, you fucking fat cunt. Anyway, <laughs> dude. So I, uh. I found that like when I was, and like I, I really, I really had, I, this is something that you can say after the fact and it fills in the blanks nicely and it, it, you could make it up as you're going. I know it sounds like I'm talking about nothing, stick with me. So, but I, I want you to know that I really did intentionally do these things as I was doing them at the start of Black Ink when I started back up about 12 months ago, I was really intentionally going like, right, Black Ink needs to have a few things that we do exceptionally well. Okay, so I don't want to have this vasting of black ink does X, Y, Z, one, two, three, this, that, the other. And every third weekend we do this and we do that. All I needed to, all I wanted to do was establish three, not even income streams. I wanted to establish three elements of black ink and then through those elements create depth in the business, right? So this is where we link back to where we were before. I didn't want to just have t-shirts and be a t-shirt business because not only if t-shirts flop, then the business flops, but it's also not interesting. It's hard to promote that. It's hard to market something that everyone else is already doing, A, and B, you can only take so many photos of t-shirts on different people so many different ways before people are just like, I fucking get it, dude, you sell t-shirts. So by creating this depth, I was firstly creating the width with the three things and then from that creating depth in those things. So whatever those things are, focusing on them and letting them be the things you throw yourself at. And if you have any great big ideas, they have to be within these three categories. What I found now is those three categories are so well established, which by the way, digital asset creation, t-shirt manufacturing, and what's the third one? I, like, I know what it is. My fu- I just have brain fog at the moment. I can't think. Anyway, the third one is it's, it's something, okay? I don't know what it is. Are you happy? It's my business and I don't know what it is. Fuck me, you know? So one thing that I found is I got to this point where I was like, oh, you know, I'd have a list of jobs and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to. So today I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, right? And then you get to the end of the day and you'd be like, I only got the first two jobs done. That's okay. I'll just, I'll carry this on and t- put this on tomorrow's list. So you write that list and it starts with that. But then the next day, you've got three things to do. So now yesterday's list of three things, now you've got to carry one of those things in today's list. So you've already got one, but every day you always have like three things you've got to do. So now I've got four things to do today. But then as it turns out, I don't have enough time. So then two of those things go to tomorrow's list. And then tomorrow I end up with a list of five things. And this goes on and on and on, and this list gets bigger and bigger. And I realized that with what I was doing, there was no future for Black Ink because I was not smart with my time. And this is like, I'm a pretty organized sort of person. I'm very um, routine stricken in that I try and follow the same thing every day. I mean, a lot of it comes down to just respecting your circadian rhythm and understanding that your body works better when you do the same thing at the same time every day. 
But more than that is that I know that supreme efficiency comes from not wasting time on deciding like, oh, what am I going to do next? It's just like, no, it's fucking six o'clock in the morning. I know at six o'clock in the morning, I read my book. Okay. So when six o'clock comes around, even if I'm halfway through this other job, I can prioritize that appropriately on the day, but basically like fuck doing whatever. If, if, if that's the job before reading, so say it's my post and engaging time. If I'm still posting or engaging with, with, with my audience on social media, like you haven't, you haven't worked your time right properly. And realistically, if we're going to like, you know, bump that for 15 minutes into this time, that 15 minute turns into two and a half hours by the end of the day. So I tend to follow that routine fairly strictly. So coming in with the fact that I follow a routine that I set myself and I have a diary, I was like, well, where really do I go from here? If I, if I don't have enough time to do all these things, if these problems are carrying over, then I either have to cut into my personal time, which anyone who listens to my podcast know that I, I actively exercise my ability to use personal time for personal things for connecting with Larissa, for spending time with my dog, for riding my motorbike, for talking to my mum on the phone, calling my dad and hanging out with him all these times because I don't want to get to 50 or 60 years old when I've got all the fucking money and have no idea how to relax properly. I want to exercise the muscle of relaxing now so that I have that skill later on, right? So I don't want to be chewing into my into my chill time. I don't want to be chewing into my sleeping time. I don't want to be waking up any earlier. I was kind of at an end. I was like, what am I meant to do from here? And as it so turns out, I sit down with one of my mentors and we're having this conversation. He goes, bro, have you fucking heard of the productivity pack? And I was like, that's some gay shit, bro. What are you talking about? And he's like, no, 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 I'm being serious, bro. Oi, come here, come closer, kiss me. And he didn't say that. <laughs> but he did tell me like, look, man, everything changed since I did this productivity pack. I fucking X, Y, Z, did all the bullshit. He goes, I'll show you how, how mine looks and then I'll give you one. And I was like, oh, okay. Very cool. Talk to me, bro. So we go back to his office and he goes, look, so basically you've got a page. So you've got at the start of it, you've got a breakdown of your month. Now to give you an idea, the productivity pack has like 80 something pages in it. Um, they're all, it's an A4 book that you get printed at fucking Officeworks or whatever you want. It's binded all together. The first page you open up is a layout of your, of your month. Basically all the days, one to 31. And then next to it is some things that you're trying to achieve in that month. So you've got your targets, your goals, what's on your radar, what you want to study and any other notes. So you can just real basically go like, right, my target for this month is I want $15,000 revenue. Um, some of my goals are I want to develop this new product. I want to get this done 50%. You know, I want to keep this ongoing project from last month. I want to complete that this month. And then you might put some things on your radar like, you know, I, I want to spend uh, more time connecting with this particular person. I want to learn more about this industry. And then you put in your study, like you might want to study, you know, other industries. You might want to study other people in your industry. I basically said the same thing twice, just different ways then, but oh, good. Anyway, following that, you then have the first week. Okay. So this pretty much repeats itself from here on out. So I'm just going to give you the example of the first week. And then you can just imagine that it repeats itself four times because there's four weeks in a month. So you open up to that first page of the week. So we've got, so the first page of the whole booklet is the month layout, the goals, targets, study, and radar, right? On the next page, you now have a layout of every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, six day a week, because you can't work seven days a week. So you've got six days there. And on each day, you've got six points, three dark and three light. 
So the idea of that is you put the things that you absolutely have to do at the top, maybe like, and this is things that aren't repetitive, okay? So these means things that identify that day because they're not happening on any other day. So if I'm catching up with Matthew on Monday at nine o'clock, I will put that Monday, Matthew, nine o'clock, right? So specific to the day and the non-repeatable actions. Then over the page, you have, fuck, what do you have over the page? I think then you've just got your weekly goals and targets. It's that same page as on the month, but now it's for the week. So now you can start to see that we start to hone in specifically on the things that you're trying to achieve on the week. And also the cool part about this is, is you go, right, here's all my goals and targets for this month. Okay. You can then break them down into those weekly pages. So you go and get the, the first page of every week. It appears four times in the pack and you go, right, I'm going to have this job done 30% on the first week. I'm going to have that job done 60% on the second week. On the third week, I'm going to have it 99% done. On the fourth week, it's going to be completed, finalized and good to go. So at the beginning of the month, we set the goal of doing this job. Week one, we want it done 30%. Week two, 60%. Week three, 99%. Week four, completed. So when you do this, you create accountability for the goal. You allow it to be broken down into smaller parts that are digestible. And then following that up, you go to your third page, which is the first day of that week. Okay. So now you've opened it up on Monday and now you can firstly reference when, as you're going through your week and, and I, this all full circles itself. I, you know, it all makes sense by the end, but as you're, when you, fill out your weekly things, which you do on a Sunday night before you get going for the week, you fill out all that weekly plan, you fill out all your targets, goals, objectives, rah, rah, rah. you then can place them into the individual day. So now we've got that one job we're talking about, we need that 30% done on week one. So to make sure that it's done 30% on week one, we can make sure the draft is started on Monday, we make sure the draft is completed by Tuesday, we let it, we sleep on it for 24 hours, 48 hours, we make sure that that draft is ready for whatever it means to get it to 30% by Thursday and by Friday night, we make sure that that job is 30% done. So we are where we need to be at for week two, right? So now you start to appreciate this real like breakdown of like, okay, what do you want to achieve? What's the time frame we're going to achieve it in? And now we can insert it into these days to make sure that it is achieved, right? So then with that, on the day-to-day -day page, you now have six days that are two pages each. So we've gone from the weekly planner, now we're into Monday. So on Monday, we have two full A4 pages. On one of them, we have a time breakdown from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., how that time is gonna be spent, right? Next to that, we have the objectives that we need to reach. Now these can actually match what we wrote on that weekly page. So we go back to there, right? Monday, these three dark points, right? I'm gonna record a podcast, I'm gonna catch up with Matthew, and I'm gonna do this. So I put those into my areas up here of things that I'm gonna achieve. That's then got radar and study and all the same as the monthly and the weekly plan, but now we have it on a daily. So then you have a full page over this side of just lines to do whatever you want. So what I do is I break down everything in that section over here, here, and also if you're on the phone to someone, you're taking notes, whatever it might be, maybe you're quoting someone on a job, you put everything in the book, right? So what this does, and also this comes with a whole heap of training. And by the way, I'm pretty sure this is a paid service that, you know, you have to pay for this, this whole pack for the training and for the document. And then the person who gave it to me, who shall remain, who shall remain nameless. And plus, you guys all know, I just do this for entertainment. I make it all up as I go. And none of this is true. Um, he's given it to me and, and taught me how to use it and allow me to use it. And obviously, I'm doing the damn thing. But the, oh, hang on. Sorry, I have low power. There we go. But to, um, to, 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 so in the training, he actually highlights the fact like, don't, 
Just because you can write in all these goals, I suggest that you don't write in heaps of goals. Take what's really fucking important, make sure you prioritize it, and obviously be realistic with your goals, but don't jam-pack yourself full of shit. And even as simple as like, you know, I give myself an hour to do the podcast, but in my in my pack, I give myself an hour and a half, two hours, right? Because I know that I don't just finish the podcast and go straight to my desk and keep on working. I finish a podcast, I decompress, I walk around, take a piss, take my shoes off, have a drink. Sometimes I'll play with the dog for a little bit. And then when you're ready, you come back to work and then get back into it. So the productivity pack reflects that. You understand? So what I've got out of, oh, okay, so you do Monday, and then you do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, everything's broken down. And obviously, like, at Sunday night, the more you can fill in for that week, the more structure you have, the easier it is to then attack all those things as they happen. And the one big thing to say here is, I most likely live very fucking differently to you, okay? I don't have anyone telling me what to do. I don't have any kind of social, I don't have any, like, time restraints. I don't have, like... Nothing. No one's telling me that I have to be anywhere at any certain time. No one's telling me to wake up early. No one's telling me to go to bed early. Nothing, right? So my day from when I wake up to when I go to sleep, if I wake up tomorrow and just go, you know what? I'm not fucking doing anything. That's what I do. Now, do I do that? Absolutely not. But I could do that. So that's where the application of this, like allocation of every single fucking hour of your day can be spoken for before you even get started, right? And the really interesting part about this is, Day number seven, okay? Sunday, which wasn't allocated on the weekly layout, and the seventh page of your weekly of your weekly turnovers is actually a reflection page. So this is where you can talk about some wins that you've had, some losses that you have. If you were someone else who was mentoring you, some advice you might give, some big projects that you've moved forward. You can even um, rate particular elements of your, like it has a section with like one to 10 on each of these different elements within your life, like spiritual, financial, physical, mental, um, uh, and something else where you can actually like be honest with yourself and accountable with yourself. Like, yeah, I, ha- I made heaps of money this week. So the financial is really good. But as a consequence, I didn't spend enough time with Larissa. Or maybe I didn't sleep as much as I should have. Or maybe I partied too hard on Friday night. Maybe I smoked too much weed. So my mental or my physical isn't where it needs to be. And it's funny because, you know, if you're having an eight in one area, it's kind of guaranteed that means you're going to have a three in another area. And what this does, like I'm only two months into using these productivity packs, but the thing that I found is I aim to get sixes and sevens on everything rather than have these highs and lows in this scoring system, right? So you come to Sunday and this is a really cool part. You've been forced to, and this is the thing, they say, you know, you're only working six days, you've got to have your seventh day as a recovery day. But the reality is give yourself two hours to do this on Sunday night, right? So on Sunday night, you're answering all these questions. You're literally writing two whole pages of full answers. You're having to think about what you've done. You're reflecting through all the days and going like, oh yeah, on Monday, actually, I did really well on my sales. On Tuesday, I caught up with this person. On Wednesday, I had this conversation, which led to this, isn't this? So you're forced to like really dig back up all that shit that happened in the week and be honest with yourself, you know? And like, this is a thing. This productivity is for you. It's not for anyone else, you know? And realistically, I mean, it's not like you're not going to look at this years down the track and try and pull as much information out of it as you can to kind of connect with yourself in the past when you're going through all these trials and tribulations of starting a small business. Obviously, that example is specific to me. Anyway, suck me. So I find that that reflection time automatically gets me in the mood to set the goals for the next week, right? And now I'm starting to get this real appropriate ability to set goals that are attainable and also above what I think is possible, 
okay? And the productivity pack also allows you that if you haven't succeeded with those goals, to run them over and to properly space them out. So you're like, okay, I didn't get this done in this week. Cool, let's break this job down into three parts. Let's see if I can get it done in the next 10 days or the next 14 days, whatever it might be. And you can apply that. So. A good example of this is on Sunday afternoon, after I've done all my reflection and I'm planning for the next week, I tend to not have too many goals for the next week unless they're ongoing concerns from previous weeks and months. So what I like to do is I'll go and say like, right, 3.30 wake up every day, I'll give myself one day off where you can wake up at like six o'clock or whatever. Every day I do the same thing. I post and engage until six o'clock. I read my book until seven o'clock. I have breakfast, shower, whatever you want until eight o'clock. And then I'll fucking either do a podcast, get into work, whatever it might be. I go and physically write that every single day. So I know what I'm doing every single day. Because now I know I've been doing it for so long that if I wake up and there's nothing in those lines and that time allocation, I'm like, oh, you motherfucking free day, bro. Casual dress, do what I want. So I lock that in. I lock in that schedule in the same way that if you had a job, if I had a job and my boss said, you got to be here at seven o'clock, we have a meeting at 7.15, at eight o'clock, you do your own thing for an hour, at nine o'clock, we meet up here for half an hour, and then 9.30, you have your smoker, 10 o'clock, you come back here. Dude, I set that schedule as if a boss is setting it for me. On Sunday afternoons, I'm the boss, and then the rest of the week, I'm the fucking employee. I follow the book, man. I follow the book. And what this has done, it has not only made me more efficient in my own jobs, it has given me more spare time, right? It has allowed me to take an hour between jobs when I'm doing either physically or mentally demanding jobs to have an hour I just decompress, to not have any responsibility to have this like, oh, I should be moving forward, I should be doing something, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. I get halfway through this job, I get halfway through that job, I don't know what's going on. And instead of having this kind of like snake eating its tail every day and, and like also slowly mentally degrading because you feel like you're not going anywhere. You're always working on things, but nothing's ever succeeding sort of thing. And even if you're having sales and having good engagement on Instagram and all the rest, and you know, people are telling you that you're doing good, that feeling of like, I think, I think the reality with businesses, especially when you're, when you're a solo operator, there are so many moving parts that you actually can't see any of the parts moving anymore. You've zoomed out so far that those little incremental turns of every gear from a distance, they look like they're dead still. So I think what this has done is like, obviously within that reflection part, it's allowed me to go like, cool, here's what I'm achieving. Here's what's moving forward. Here's what I'm excited about. Here's what needs more work. And then on top of that, I go like, right, this like this particular week, I've noticed that I'm probably an hour or two behind in sleep. Look, it's temperature related. There's been things going on, rah, rah, rah. But I can appropriately adjust my schedule next week to try and fix that. You know, and by having these really specific kind of scheduling, uh, what would you call it, routine structure, it allows you to focus on the real like macro parts of your life and your business and propagate them to, to be better, to be, you know, to get more positive and, and better results, right? So it's funny that at the time that I like subconsciously, I was kind of starting to sweat. I'm like, okay, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I could probably survive. But the, the reality is what I want this business to turn into, where I see Black Ink in the future, that is now not possible unless some sort of system gets put into place. And as you, you, you know, if you're a listener, you might know, I love developing systems. But the point that I was realizing is that I had tried to develop several different systems and none of them were as fruitful as they needed to be for me to have long-term success. So 
as that was happening, as I was having that realization, and I, I wasn't even putting out to the world that I need some sort of help or that I need a fucking whatever it might be, I have a conversation with one of my mentors and he goes, bro, have you heard about this? And I'm like, no. And then as he's showing me and telling me in his office, and the fucking crazy part is the universe knew that I needed this so bad that not only did they put me in front of him, they made sure that he had a spare one he could give me. Let that sink in. Why the fuck did he have a spare one? He gets them printed as he needs them, but he had a spare one that day. Dude, the fuck is that? You know, as he's telling me how this thing works, and he, especially when he showed me the reflection page, he's like, look, so you see things that you move forward. This, dude, I was smiling. I was fucking, I was so excited. You know what I wanted? I wanted to go home and start filling it out and started putting it to work. And it's like, now it's at a point where it's literally almost addictive because at the end of the day, I go through. So black pen means things that I need to do. Blue pen means things that I've added on the day. And then red pen is like the teacher going along saying, yep, we got this done. We got this done. We didn't do this. And here's something that's ongoing. And here's something that could have been better. And this was brilliant. Have three ticks. So I can actually go back and revise and go like, oh, I didn't just tick it when it was done. It's like, you know, if it's a red tick, then that's good, good. You know what I mean? So I now at the end of the day, like I've still got to do it for tomorrow. Like I, I know like the basic layout for tomorrow. We know we're going to be recording a podcast, reading, posting and engaging and all the rest. But more so like now, I've got things that happen today that require pretty much immediate attention. I've run out of time today. So my 20 minutes, some, it's like 20 minutes to an hour at the end of every day. I really kind of just hone in on like breaking down how we're going to execute the next things to solve the next problems that need to be solved. So it's like addictive in a way that like you're so addicted to, to these little wins and using the red pen and ticking it and having something to talk about at the end of the week that the work actually doesn't seem like work anymore. The work is still work, but the way you the way you like embody the work is less stressed about trying to get something done because something needs to be happening if we're moving forward and progressing and I need to get this I don't need to get that done. Rather than that feeling, you're just like, oh no, no, no. I'm doing this job between nine and ten o'clock this morning. So literally someone messages me, someone calls me, someone does an email comes in, I get a sale, something pops into my head. It doesn't matter. Something pops into my head. I write a note over over here and I keep doing this job. You know why? It says right here, I'm doing this job from nine until 10, right? And I know from experience that if I just do what's on the page, if I just focus what's on the page, I'm probably going to do better than my goals that I set at the beginning of the week. I'm probably going to excel in them, you know? And then the cool part is that allow, that, that, that allowment of time to like, you know, what do you call it? Uh, recharge, kind of decompress almost. Sometimes when you've allowed yourself like half an hour or an hour to de- decompress after a particular job, you're just like, fuck, what's next on the list? You know what I mean? We'll get into that and I'll just, I'll carry that decompression time over until tonight. Maybe I can finish work an hour earlier and start smoking billies at fucking four o'clock instead of five, however it might be. So the, it, it's really cool in that somehow I'm getting heaps more done. I'm achieving more of my goals. I've got more spare time and this all just coincidentally came about when I needed it the most. How interesting, right? So you might wonder what followed that experience because I've been doing that for a couple months. Well, let me tell you what followed that. So I've realized lately that I've kind of come to a point where, as I said, I have enough data, I have enough things sold, I have enough people who are fucking with Black Ink, who are signed up to my email list, who follow me on Instagram, who are interested in the podcast, who are buying NFTs, who are doing all of these things, that now I'm like, okay, how do I how do I leverage this data, this information to set like 
how do I say this? Set appropriate goals for the future that without the proper leveraging would never be attainable, right? So let me reword that. How do I set goals in the future that without properly working with what I've got would never be possible, okay? So to kind of like, to kind of imagine that, it is possible in some realm, in some reality, for Black Ink to be a multi-million dollar business this time next year, okay? So right now I have fucking 200 and something dollars to my name, okay? I've got 300 sales. 300 orders have been put through my website since I started back up, you know, fucking 10, 11, 12 months ago, okay? That's where I'm at right now. And in some reality out there, there is a version of Black Ink in 12 months time that is a multi-million dollar business, which of course pie in the sky compared to what I am right now, okay? There is a method and a formula and a strategy using the numbers that I've got right now to get that result, okay? Without using that data properly, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, this time next year, I should have at least 600 orders, right? But if I'm doing all right, I might have a thousand. You have a product that does well, you get into a few more shops, you do this, you do that, da, 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 da. you might get to a thousand. But there is somewhere in the future that I could have 10,000 orders. There's somewhere in another reality of the possibility of me having a million orders. But there has to be some sort of strategy between here and there, okay? So I was realizing in my mind, like I've got my production costs down. I've learned this new skill of learning how to use a screen printer. I've got my heat press. I've got this beautiful big area to work with. I've got Larissa helping me now. I'm confident what I'm doing. My communication is getting better. My podcasts are getting better. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work. That doesn't mean that I'm going to make money. That doesn't mean that I am definitely going to have success. All that means is that I know how to use a screen printer. It means that I've got someone to help me if this does do well. It means that I've got a house to live in. It doesn't necessarily mean that Black Ink is going to be a multi-million dollar business. But there's definitely all the ingredients there to make a really tasty cake. If we do this right, given what we've got now, there is definitely a way in the future to be that multi-million dollar business. So I've been having this conversation with myself. How do I... How do I look at this from another perspective and stop doing the thing that I'm doing so that I don't get the same result over and over and over? How do I look at this from another perspective where I can compound what I'm doing, okay? Where I can expand in a particular area or I can read a, a set of data and go like, this is working and this isn't. I've been doing the isn't thing. I need to be doing the thing that is working more, right? And the thing with all the data is you can have it all, but if it's not presented correctly, you can't do anything with it. If you don't know what each of your products are doing, or if you don't know how much of each product you need to sell, or if you don't know which one of your products is the best one to sell financially and which one is the best to sell for your image and which one is the best to sell for your brand trust, it's no point having any of them because at that point you only have products. And I think I've said a few times, this is a moment that, that changes, you know, this is the defining moment between men and boys in business, okay? I've said that so many times now that I actually don't know when it happens. I'll probably think it's, it happens when you make your first million dollars. But at, at the moment, it definitely feels like it's my ability to understand what's going on in my business and leverage, leverage it to the best of my ability that is going to be the determining factor as to whether this business actually fucking works, Okay. And as I'm having this conversation with myself and I'm thinking about it and I'm trying to have all these different perspective shifts and I'm, you know, I'm not quite sure and I'm, I'm, you know, obviously I read books and I'm watching YouTube videos. I'm educating myself as much as possible. I sit down with this same bloke this morning and he goes, you know what we're going to do today instead? I'm going to show you an Excel spreadsheet, right? 
So we sit down in front of this Excel spreadsheet for two hours. We break down every single one of my products, how much they cost, all my expenses, where my shit is, you know, everything, absolutely everything. He created this himself, this Excel spreadsheet. And with that, I can now go like, right, I'm going to try and sell, you know, 20 of these teas, 10 of these teas, five of these teas, and X amount of these teas in January. And that's my goal, okay? So not even my goal. Let's just pretend that's what the pretend goal is. You can then see exactly how much it's going to cost to manufacture that. You can see exactly what that means if you sell all those, how much profit you're going to have, you know, taking out all the expenses that you have. And then you can see how much money you've got moving forward into February, right? And then you can start to do this. You can go, right, I want to double what I did in January in February. And then in March, I want another 30%. And then in April, I want another 30%. I want, to, I want 30% growth every single month to the end of the year. And then you can put all of that data in and then it can show you exactly how much money you will have made at the end of that year if that's the case. It'll tell you exactly how much you're paying tax. It'll tell you exactly what your expenses are going to go up with whatever goes up if that's the case. And it's basically it gives you a full set of either being able to fuck with the numbers to realize how much money you need to make before your lifestyle becomes a lifestyle that you want to make. Like if we say, right, Black Ink's going to be a multi-million dollar business by this time next year, we can reverse engineer from having $1.5 million, I think multi-million means over $1 million, let's say $2 million. We go, right, we need that $2 million net profit at the end of the year. Right, what do we need to do backwards to do that? And you might just go, okay, it means I have to sell a hundred and I, I might need to sell fucking multi-million dollars. I probably need to sell like a hundred thousand shirts every month or something. No, that's not right. Some, here's, you probably need to sell like 2,000 tees or something like that. 3,000 tees. Yeah, but that all have to be screen printed. I don't know. Try reverse engineering that to figure out how much it costs me to screen print a tee, hey? Oh, stop it. So the cool thing about this is is now I have a real tangible set of data that I can look at and say, right, here's exactly what I need to do. And you're probably sitting there going like, duh, this is exactly what you need to do in business. But the thing is when you're in business, sometimes things that are extremely obvious that you need to do applicably are not extremely obvious in the thing that you need to do. Sometimes they're actually immensely hard to wrap your head around and find out how they're contextual to your business. And even in the process of doing what I was doing with this guy, like as in entering all my information, he still had to correct me as I went along with little things that it's like, no, 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 that's not actually that, or that's not how you look at that, or that's not how we list that. He was like, it's fucking crazy just being able to like have access to delve into this like fucking 20 years of experience in business and having this Excel spreadsheet that he already had made and going like, oh, so I actually get the most out of my time by using this. And then not even asking him direct questions, but just like suggesting that like, oh, I've been trying to figure out a way around this. I'm trying to da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden you just go, oh, this is what you need. This is exactly what you need, you know? And the purpose of all of this isn't to talk about the fact that now I know what's going on with my numbers or the fact that I've figured out this productivity pack. This came from having a conversation, right? The thing that I'm finding the most, and I mean, dude, you guys all know, I went to Perth this week for a fucking conversation. I didn't go there to get any answers. I didn't have any direct questions. I didn't think he could even really fucking help me. We're in the same industry, but realistically, we're not fucking, we do something different, right? But the conversation to me was potentially worth it. And the thing that I'm finding now as this fucking 29 year old dude who has a screen printer and a whole bunch of ambition, I make more money talking to people than I do printing tops. 
because after I had that conversation with Homeboy today, I went and caught up with another business owner here in town. While I was waiting for him, I started a conversation with a guy I went to school with who was waiting for his boss to finish up on a job. His boss came down the ladder. I know him as well. He asked me how I'm going 10 minutes later. He's telling me that he wants me to print some shirts for his business. Wow. Okay. He leaves with my mate from school. They go, they're fucking doing their thing. I sit down with this business owner. Him and I are talking. We get half an hour into the conversation. He goes, look, I actually wanted to talk to you about putting some, some, uh, some shirts on my staff's back and I want to create like an apparel merch line for my business. Hey, dude. Hey. 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 Whoa. Hey. Hey. How much value did I get out of today? And all I did was have conversations. What the fuck? That to me is mind blowing. I could have sat here all morning and invested my time in researching how to do fucking awareness campaigns to figure out how I'm going to get more people in the Bunbury area to know about the Black Ink brand so hopefully one day they buy a t-shirt off me. Or you can just go and have these conversations. Now look, I'm not saying they're all fruitful. I'm not saying that I got... Like, okay, I got some little bits and pieces from the guy up in Perth on Monday, but that's a good example of something that I got pretty much fucking nothing out of. And look, the guy that I met up with this morning, he gave me the fucking Excel spreadsheet and the and the productivity pack and all that. I mean, that quite simply, I mean, I, I catch up with him once every two weeks and we talk about we talk about everything. You know what I mean? We fucking talk about anything business. Actually, if you do a little bit of research, this is the guy who I was talking about that we don't talk about F-250s. Hmm. Can you piece it together, brother? Anyway, I did, I did, did I fucking, yeah, yeah, I don't know what that shit's about, it's not important. I'll tell you what, dude, I'm just fucking excited I'm having these conversations, and look, oh my god, wait there, don't move, okay? So, obviously, obviously, we're getting black ink into shops, into a shop, by, I did say the end of the week, look, I fucking lied. I'm trying my absolute best. I'm waiting on blank stock to arrive from the East Coast. It's sitting in Perth at the moment. I still need to get it here, retag it, and print it, and then get it into the shop. But the good news is, I have swing tags ready to put on them when they go on the shop. Now, you're probably wondering like, hey, Jake, what's a swing tag? Or maybe you're in, in, an intellectual person and you're like, hey, a swing tag is the tag that swings off the garment that I've seen on every single t-shirt that I've seen hanging in a fucking shop. And you're right. That's exactly what a swing tag is. So yesterday I uh, actually, how cool is this? I actually, I'm quite proud of myself. One thing I've learned in all of this fucking crazy journey is never assume that the first thing that you create is going to be good, right? So don't ever just like design something and get 20 of them printed. Design something, spend the extra money, take the extra time, get a sample printed in two sizes, and then really look at it. Look at everything. Like if it's a t-shirt or something, look at the print, look at the colors, maybe fucking leave it out in the sun for a day. If there's certain things that you gotta test on it, test it, turn it inside out, look at all the stitching if it's a new sort of garment. Dude, see how easy the tags rip off? Everything, try and scrunch up and get that fucking print off if possible. Do anything that the customer might actually accidentally do and end up ruining the garment and then blaming you. If you've already had it happen, then you're reducing the chance of that happening, right? So I designed these on Photoshop. I know I should have designed it in Illustrator. Go fuck yourself. And I fucking sent them to the guys at the print shop. And I was like, Dah, just print fucking 20. Wait, print me a sample. Print me a sample first. I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, dude, stop being a soft cock. It's a swing tag. It's going to be fine. You designed it. What can go wrong? So 
I get a sample printed. I go in there and I pick it up and I'm like, dude, that's fucking, that's real nice. You know, you got the sexy font we've got on the front there. You got the .com.au just to fucking send them home if they want to get some more black ink goods. And then on the back, boom, is this. Now I've drawn all over it, so it's a bad example. But the problem was, because these are double-sided, you've got black ink on the front and then you've got what the garment is, what size and how much it is on the back, as well as my social media tags. Now, when I design these, I forgot that it's on the back, right? It's on the back. So the problem was when I turned this around, it was upside down, which I didn't appreciate, of course. So what I had to do, and the good thing I got a sample because I didn't realize this until it was shown to me. I had to come home, redesign it all, get them reprinted, da-da-da. So what I've instead gone for is we're still going to have this on the front. You can't quite see it, but there's a watermark of the mandala in the background there. So I've actually brightened that up just a little bit. Then on the back, we've got a black front with a white back. On the back, I've got that same watermark of the mandala, but obviously it's inverted, so it's a black watermark, and you can just see it. It's actually a little bit darker than what it is here. You can't see it at all on camera. That's perfect. And what I've done is just left a straight line so I can write what the garment is. And then I've put small, medium, large, extra large, and double extra large. And I can just cross out the ones that it isn't or circle the one that it is. And this is so I can use this on any garment. So basically what normally happens is you'll see a swing tag hanging off, say, you know, a rip curl top or a fucking, you know, fucking t-shirt, I don't know. And then it will have the brand on the front. And then most of the times it'll have like a little motto or something here, but this will all be blank. And the reason is they'll print out a tag with a barcode with what it is, what size it is, how much it is, all of that. And then they'll stick that on the back. So instead of doing that, I've kept it all as one piece and I have left that line so I can fill in or the shop can fill in what the garment it is. You can circle what size it is. You can put what you can write what price it is down the bottom. And what that does is makes this interchangeable with every single garment that I have. So I can still use this on coffee mugs. I can use this on hats. I can use it on any size t-shirt, crop top, crew neck, hoodie, fucking jersey, anything you want these tags are good for. You know why? Because I'm a smart guy. I'm a smart guy. When I wake up in the morning, I piss intelligence, okay? It's too far. But regardless, do you know how fucking exciting it is to see these uh, swing tags? Dude, dude, my brand is doing well enough it's in shops. On top of that, they're going in shops and they need to have swing tags and I know how to design them. Not only did I design them, I got a sample printer before I got the whole lot printed because I'm fucking smart. And then on top of that, I redesigned them and now I've got swing tags on the way that are absolutely fucking for the project. How good is that? Anyway, I've hit 46 minutes. Be good to you, mum, because I'm fucking out. Yeah!